wishes that she had a she could like live in a place where she could like breathe and not feel like she's drowning i'm like what's that like <laughs> yeah what is that like because i i've I've only, it's so weird because it's so air is so thick. Yeah. Because it's so humid all the no, time. It's, it's like thick. It's like, you're, it's like you're breathing through Jello sometimes, mm-hmm. and it's just like. But then I've been to Colorado one time, and the air wasn't as humid because it was high up in the mountains, and I was like, mm-hmm. it feels crisp. Everything feels so crisp, right? Yeah, like it's uh. like every like every breath feels like almost like it hurts because it's so sharp Cause it- like the breath is sharp <laughs> the air is sharp I'm there i'm used to breathing this nice clean air yeah this nice crisp air. oh man <laughs> um gross it's gross it really and like it's so gross and for some reason they turned off the ac in here it's been off for i mean it's in been here not in here and here but like in the building they've been turning the ac off earlier or not turning it down as low because it's about to be summer, mm-hmm. and so I guess they're saving Wait, power. Wait, no, it should. The I a- should that's be, when the AC should turn on. I don't know. I don't. All I know is it's been a lot hotter in here recently. It has. So, and but they took our fan out. They did. So we can't air out the room before we start. But also, I was going. So this morning it was hot outside, and I was going to wear a sweater, and then with the sweater on in my room, my room is already hot. Like I don't. I don't know what's wrong with our house and the ac my parents say nothing's wrong with it but my room is obviously hotter than all of the other i rooms. feel the same exact way yeah. and it's i don't understand what it is it's like any it's, other room will be will be cold and it's not like the electronics in my room or anything because my brother has way more he uses like his computer and he has a huge tv in there and all these things and his room is fine it's always nice and cool in there my room is always hot so I put on a sweater and I was like, I can't, I can't do this. I'm already sweating in my room. I'm, it's going to be worse outside. And then I get to school. All of the classrooms are freaking cold. And then the day gets colder and now I'm just going to freeze. So. Yeah. And now you just, you, hypothermia. And now, <laughs> and now hypothermia. Yeah. And now hypothermia. <laughs> but yeah, this is media for the intellectually impoverished. <laughs> I'm Randy. I'm Taylor. And this is where we enrich your mediocre lives. Oh, yeah, boys. And girls. And girls. And they. And theys. Thems. Well, this is media for the intellectually <laughs> impoverished. <laughs> uh, our topic today is science fiction. Oh, I thought you were going to say sci-fi, and then I was going to say that that's short for science fiction. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm going to go first. Oh, you're actually going to go first? I am. Yeah, because Are you I just think... really excited? No, it's just because I think I went second last time, right? So if you went... No. Then I go first. If I went second last time, then I go you first. You go first. Um, but I also went first last time. You did go first last time. But I also want to go first today. Okay, you can go first. Yes. I'm not going to fight you hard <laughs> on that. Randy has a headache. <laughs> <laughs> Bumping into things. Randy needs that ibuprofen to kick in. <laughs> you you took some, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Take the uh, today's sponsor, headaches. I, oh, headaches. <laughs> <laughs> Coming at you when you least expect it and when you really don't need them. Headaches. <laughs> uh, yeah. So science fiction. Actually, let's define what science fiction is. Okay. Because do you want me to do it? Do you I, have a definition? No. Do you have a definition? Yeah. Of course. I are you kidding me who do you think randy is <laughs> if not the definition haver <laughs> not the definition haver i was talking to one of my this is off topic but i was talking to one of my uh, high school friends the other day 
And I referred to myself as Randy, and he's like, who's Randy? And I was like, oh, that's what my college friends call me. <laughs> you wouldn't, that's what cool people call me. You wouldn't know. But like, I, he thought it was so strange, and I went home and I told my boyfriend about it, and he was like, that's not even the strange part. He doesn't even know that they call you Randaloney. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That one hasn't even gotten, like, oh, the recognition it deserves. Okay, okay. So science fiction is like, I guess it can be classified as like any media, whether in like a book form or video game or anything. It's it's a, a genre that is based in a future time where technology has advanced past the point of what we have today. That's basically my definition of it. Cool. Cool. I have a really interesting take okay. on, on it because I'm talking about the game Bioshock. Okay. I've released, heard of it. Yeah. Released in 2007 by 2K Games, which you would know. Because they make a lot of the sports games these days. Oh, okay. 2K Sports is a subdivision of them, I believe. Um, but yeah, released by 2K Games. Uh, Bioshock is... It's 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 really... It's like a retro sci-fi. Interesting. Let me give you... I wrote a synopsis because we haven't been doing that for a long time. Oh, no, we haven't. And I wrote a synopsis too. No so way, we're dude. Doing great minds great. think... Yeah, great minds think alike, but fools rarely differ. Um I think that we're the fools. I think we are, yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> so, synopsis of Bioshock. Jack is the sole survivor of a plane crash in the middle of the ocean. When swimming to the closest shore, he discovers the underwater utopia, Rapture. Once bright and shiny, it is now a run-down dystopia. Met immediately by a resistance intending to take down the creator of Rapture, Jack embarks, learning that there are many secrets down in the deep blue sea. Ooh. So yours is unveiling secrets as well. Do all movies? No, all movies don't unveil secrets. Not all movies. But I feel like it's a sci-fi thing that kind of like unveils secrets. There's a lot of like really small things that I feel like can be classified under science fiction. I mean, you have like, it's it takes place in the future and usually it's like a dystopian or maybe it can be a utopia. It deals with like space exploration and like time travel. Those things are usually, but also I think... Like secret uncovering, and I also feel like you see symbolism a lot in mm -hmm. science fiction. Anyways, continue. Yeah, so the like, like I said, it's an underwater utopia. Okay. Um, and so the lore behind it is that this guy created it, um, as like a society where the rich could go and live free of like the morality of government or whatever, and it's and it's it's supposed to be like this perfect place where. A lot of rich people hang out and like there's like there's just money flowing. It's very 1950s perfect world. Okay. Um, so that's how it's retro. Yes. And okay. so it was it was built in the 1940s in, in the lore. It was built in the 1940s underwater. How did they build it in the 1940s? It's, it's, it's science fiction. <laughs> well, it's true, but like, okay. Yeah. That's the other thing I don't like about science fiction. I'll get into that when I start talking, but like. There's too many questions. Too many I, questions. I want to know the answers. But go um, ahead. So basically, it, it's 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 aesthetic is like is 1940s scuba. Okay. So lots of rivets, lots of like circle designs, very round shapes. Mm -hmm. Um, like for the 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 physical like built parts of it, if that makes sense. So like the actual architecture itself yeah. is very um scuba esque underwater. You have like those rounded windows that kind of you see at aquariums. Okay. Um, everything's like uh, very brass built. It's it's like mm -hmm. like industrial scuba diving. Okay. 
Um, and so I've always, I've always thought that that was a really interesting like art design. It was a very special way to take it because initially it was supposed to be like a, a space story um, and that it, like you were supposed to be on a spaceship instead, but then they switched it to underwater, which I thought was, was a brilliant take because like you don't see any games set like underwater that mm. aren't just like scuba diving games yeah that yeah and so it's it's really unique in that aspect but do you have a thing i was just gonna say we just don't normally do a lot of things underwater anyways i feel like how many movies can you think off the top of your head that like discuss like the exploration of underwater things we have so many movies that explain like space yeah the thing is because space is intriguing because it's not visible to us like regularly does that make sense? Because like we see the ocean, we see photos of the ocean. If you live on the coast, you see the ocean so much. And to them, it, like it's a desensitization of it. Mm-hmm. But space is like no one, uh, very few people have been to space if you count versus the entire population. It's true. But also like, isn't like, don't we know more about space or we know more about the surface of the moon than we know about the bottom of the ocean? Yeah. Mm hmm. And the surface of Mars that we know about the bottom of the ocean, I think. Really? I think we, so. No, we do not know more about the surface of Mars. Uh, uh, hey, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we Ew. know more about the sur surface of Mars than the bottom of the ocean. We need to get our shit together. Yeah. I, was, I didn't want to curse, but then I couldn't think of another word. <laughs> but we need, like, honestly, why don't we know enough about the bottom of the ocean? Well, because here's the thing. It... The problem with the bottom of the ocean is the immense amount pressure, of pressure, yeah. right? When you go to space, it's the lack of pressure. Mm -hmm. And so that's easier to deal with because like pressure, there is an absolute, in the same idea, there's an absolute zero of cold. Mm -hmm. Not that we could survive it, but there's an absolute no, yeah. zero of pressure, right? Pressure can continue to be added for as much weight as you can put. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And so it's, we, we in our typical day-to-day -day life are closer to the absolute zero of pressure than we are to that, than we will ever be, be to, to the that, absolute yeah. of, of like absolute end of pressure. Does that make sense? Which there is no end. Yeah. Because it would just be. Mm -hmm. So that's why we know more about space than we do about Earth. Yeah, but we should learn. There's stuff down there. There's stuff down there. And it's funny that you mentioned that because I remember reading recently that like there was. There was this species of fish that people just thought were dead. Yeah. For forever. Yeah, I saw that too. And then it just washed up on shore and they're like, oh. It's alive. It's alive, I guess. Huh. Also, TikTok, somebody said, I, I have a lot of like time traveling, like science stuff on my For You page because I like science and stuff. Um, but somebody who claims to be a time traveler says that in the year 2021, um, we're going to find like the biggest creature that's like a hundred times bigger than the what blue whale or something that's like living in the depths of the ocean and it's going to rise up and it's going to be like a kraken or something can't wait for that to happen <laughs> i love those accounts because they're so unbelievably outrageous and it's like at the same time it's like but it but it, it, but it could <laughs> but it could but happen it could happen okay anyways get back i think i think you're right i think the bottom of the ocean is even though we don't know much about it, i think that's why it's such a great topic for a, a video game a science fiction uh video mm -hmm. game yeah so like i was saying um it's very post-apocalyptic though but but like it's a lovely style of 1940s so like you got jukeboxes and you and you and you've got like I don't know if that's 1940s is that 40s that's I like, don't know but that's, that's a time I want to like live in 50s ish yeah. 40s 50s um, got jukeboxes and you've got like 
casinos and, and you've got we have casinos today yeah but like old style casinos okay. and everything like the the world building is very pleasant because i just love that style of, oh no yeah it's very american like idealism those are, yeah that's what like the golden age was mm -hmm. like that's what everyone like longs for is the the big house with the 2.5 kids and the white picket <laughs> fence yeah two and a half kids yeah. that's all i want <laughs> And if I get the other half of the kid, what do I do with the other half of the kid? <laughs> you give it to another family that needs a half of a kid. Where do you keep half? Which half do I keep? Which half do they get? Which, which, how, wait, how are you cutting it in yeah, half? Are we going down the middle? Are we going across? This got too dark. Talk about your video game. Okay, it's not going to get much better. <laughs> um, if that's... <laughs> okay. Uh, no, but no, I just I like that aesthetic a lot. Um, so the the sort of problem, right? Why the society fell apart was because the creator of Rapture found this um, this substance called he he dubbed Adam, which was created by these sea slugs at the bottom of the sea, right? And it had the ability to genetically modify humans to give them outrageous powers, you know, because video games and fun sci-fi stuff. Uh, and so you could refine this stuff called Adam into, what were they called? Is it spelled Adam like? Like the name, like, like A-D-A-M. Okay. Um, you could refine Adam into plasmids, which uh, give you special powers, right? Okay. Um, and so as you progress through the game, you unlock more plasmids and um, like, so it's it's like a shooter style kind of game. Okay. Like a dungeon crawler shooter with a little bit of stealth, like old, old stealth, because it came out in 2007 and- Wow, totally. Yeah. Why did I think that was new? No, no, 2007, I was about to be, say 2013 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> that was, it was 14 years didn't, ago. Didn't a game just come out that's called like Bioshock that's uh, Bioshock Infinite was the most recent one. I believe they've, there's, there's a tiny little talk about a new Bioshock game uh, okay. coming out, but I do not believe a newest Bioshock game has come out yet. Never mind. Okay, back to the Bioshock. Um, what was I talking about? Talking about Adam. Yes, Adam. Classes. And so what happened is uh, everybody sort of became obsessed and addicted to this Adam stuff, uh, so much so that society tore itself apart, right? People were killing each other over it and all that kind of stuff. They were tearing each other apart. <laughs> tearing each other apart. And so the way that they, he mass-produced Adam was he would take orphan little girls. It was never really clear whether or not he killed the parents or not, or at least not when I played through it. Um but he took the orphan little girls and he would take those slugs and put them like in their stomach and they would continually produce more and more atom, which he could then refine. The science isn't exactly sound. Okay. <laughs> no, and that's how it usually is in science fiction. Yeah. But okay. So, uh, yeah, these, these, they were called uh, little sisters, right? Okay. And so they, the most iconic character in, from this is called Big Daddy. And I don't like it. <laughs> so it's Little Sisters and Big Daddy. And so Big Daddy is this genetically created creature whose sole purpose is to protect a little sister. You're assigned a little sister and you protect a little sister. Um, and so the the way that they're designed is they're like old-fashioned scuba gear, but like, Ooh, nice. like demented old-fashioned scuba gear. Mm -hmm. So like they have um, one of their arms is a drill or another <laughs> type of weapon. Um, and then the other one holds a gun and it's, uh, it's really, really interesting character design because um, it fits that theme of like, because they, they can go anywhere. Mm -hmm. You see them swimming across, like not swimming, but sort of walking across the ocean floor. 
outside of these tubes um and like their ability like they're just powerhouses you know okay um and so they protect the little sisters so that the atom can continue to be created yeah and so when you first meet a little sister after you kill its big daddy um you don't like it do you i don't well, I'm sorry. I didn't name the characters. I know you didn't, but that was... I don't like it. Uh, after you kill the big daddy, you are told by the guy who's basically recruited you. His name is Atlas. He's like, hey, kill it. Because if you kill it, then you can take its atom. And then you can use the atom to get better. Well, then you're intercepted by um, an, a, like a doctor who's like, hey, don't kill it. Here, I've created a way to save it. And so there's like a moral choice. You can either kill them and gain a lot of atom at once... And then spend that to increase your abilities and such. Or save it, get a little bit of Adam, but then reap greater rewards in the long run. Okay. And so it's really interesting, like, moral choice. Mm-hmm. And one of the hardest moral choices in, like, almost any... Because you're killing a kid. Yeah. You're straight up killing a kid. Turning, I think you, like, turn it into a fish or something. Like, it turns into something else. Um, and so, like, that moral decision is one of the hardest ones I've ever had to make in a game. But it's it's so... Did you kill a kid? I did. And w- on one, because I had to do a playthrough where I killed the kid. I had to what? see what happened when was, you killed the kid. I want to know what your first choice was. was My your first, first choice, choice was, to, was to kill the kid, or did you? Well, because so the way it works is the first one, like, you can kill the kid because you don't really know exactly what's going on. Okay. You just sort of kill the kid. And then after that one, you're given the ability to save all the kids. Oh, okay. Um, so the first one is sort of like a freebie. Uh, get a freebie oh my god <laughs> i was telling you it didn't get much better I didn't, <laughs> we were talking about killing kids i kept that pace going, going. yeah okay. uh so you know whether or not you kill the little sisters changes the ending of the game and so yeah you as the character you continue along and you are uh fighting and trying to get to the creator of rapture so you can take him down um and it's really like the the whole the whole way the game plays is really interesting because you can get all these special abilities to mess around with and you can combine them in really interesting ways like there's an ability where you can use electricity and you can shock people but if you shock any spot that's got water on it which is a lot of spots because you're underwater <laughs> um, no really yeah whoa, whoa. yeah <laughs> lots of water underwater lots of water um, if you shock the the water anyone standing in the water gets shocked. Um, you can freeze the water, make people slip. You can freeze characters and then break them with your weapon. It was really like uh, like a breakthrough in sort of RPG shoot 'em up style games because of the way that it, it used this uh, these these abilities, right? Like whatever style you wanted to play, you could. There's ways to incapacitate enemies where like you can hypnotize them and or make them fight for you, or you can go like the brute, like the brutal very strong mode where you just whack people with the we- with the weapon that you have i think you just have like a wrench yeah i just i've always thought that this this style is so interesting there's there's two sequels to the game that kind of both fit that idea of like retro um sci-fi mm-hmm. the second game is is pretty much a direct sequel to the original bioshock but you play as a big daddy protecting a little sister Mm-hmm. Um, or f- finding your little si- I don't remember exactly the, the situation uh, but then in Bioshock Infinite it's it's sort of not really a sequel it's more of like a successor to the game um, it's instead of like an underwater 50s utopia it's like a colonial American utopia cool. up in the sky what the heck yep and so the big daddies are replaced by these giant birds um, and it's are they bald eagles I think so. <laughs> I'm pretty America. sure they are. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. America. <laughs> um, 
And so, yeah, like they, they did a really, really good job with this one of, I think just the style and the art design is really where this game stands out in the sci-fi community. Cause you do not see people, like when you see, when you think of sci-fi and you see sci-fi, you just think of like aliens, space, you think time travel. Space, yeah. And it's like all that stuff. And it's so, I hate to say it, but it's really overused. Really? Like that's, okay. I think so. I think that too many people are doing it and it's very stereotypical. It's like Star Trek, Star Wars. Just going to different planets, seeing aliens and stuff. And of course, every every sort of version uh, of the different planets, it's always really creative and stuff. But it's like, it's the same kind of thing. Like, it's just more of space, you know? But we don't... I, 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 sure, whatever. <laughs> You're never going to see it. I will. You will? I will. You know, I wanted to be an Randy astronaut. Randy goes to space. I wanted to be an astronaut. I really did. And then math... But no, I love math. Oh, okay. I could, that was the part that I was going to be fine. I didn't want to exercise. That's the part that gets you. I don't want to do that. No one wants to exercise to get to space. You just want to get to space. I could do all the math. Don't worry about that. I don't want to exercise. Nope, no exercise for me. Um, but yeah, you don't you don't see very many people touch on this idea of like science fiction. Like it doesn't involve space. That doesn't involve space as much. And if it doesn't, it's typically like futuristic science or like technology i just thought it was a really interesting take to take it underwater well, like that you also i mean it's also an advancement in technology like you have to say that because we don't have the technology no. to build a city underwater no. no or create this atom that gives us powers like that's not so that that goes into science fiction that it's like it's advanced technology yeah and i just i i just love the the direction that they because they like i said in the beginning it was going to be set in space mm -hmm. um and then they sort of went i think it took like five years of production and then they sent it out to play test and then they got really harsh critical feedback and then they had to go back and redesign a whole bunch of stuff again and then it released in 2007 and it was great um it's considered one of the best like video games interesting it, i want to play it now because i just want to see it but also i don't like those kinds of games it is um it, you can play it on a really easy difficulty it's i thought i always think it's funny because it was one of the first sort of like rpg shooters styles mm -hmm. like this um that wasn't just like you know like call of duty or whatever and so when it's selecting your difficulty it's not easy normal hard extremely hard or whatever um it's like based on how many shooters you've played and so it's like i'm familiar with sh i'm not familiar with shooters i'm familiar with shooters i'm really good at shooters and stuff like that and that's that's, that's cool why don't we do that today because it is not standard it's it, it was because people have become accustomed to the way that we design difficulty levels and name them that would be so much easier for me because i'd be like i have no idea what a shooter game is but i want to play <laughs> yeah um that would be me the absolute easiest level so they everything is done for me <laughs> <laughs> everything is done for yes all of the aiming is all done um you just it just click that's called watching a, a let's play <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah i really encourage you to just if if not play the game like look into it there's also like a uh like a museum mode in the game once you beat it you can mm -hmm. kind of at least in the remastered version if you purchase you can purchase because they remastered bioshock one and two um and i believe they remastered infinite for the ps4 um and the, you can sell them they sold them all in the bioshock collection okay. you can get all three games in one um which is for totally the, worth it for the ps4 or for what ps4 okay. ps4 and xbox one okay. i believe and it is, it is so worth it all three games are really really well made um they're very different in like tone and story but they're all really 
fun and really, really beautiful styles. See, I, I just want to, because the way that I'm imagining it in my head is so beautiful and it's probably like the graphics and everything probably aren't like what Take I a look at the concept head. art. Take okay. a look at the concept art if you just want to see that. It's very dark and grimy. Yeah. But like you see what it was. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really interesting to see what it was. Like, um, but you're seeing it as after society had fallen uh, apart. Had fallen. Mm-hmm. Man, I want to see it as it was. Mm-hmm. There might be a concept art of that. But there is a, like I said, there is a museum mode in the remaster where you can go and look at all of the models and read a little bit about um, the design of them and look at some concept art. And it's a really, really cool thing that I think that not all, that I don't, that I think more games should have. No, yeah. Sounds really interesting. Randy's random thought of the day. Interesting. What were we talking about? We were in the library and Josh had said something and I was like, I was literally, oh. (laughs) I remembered it. (laughs) Because we were talking about therapy because we needed therapy. Um, And Josh said something like, I just have to like commit a crime and then I'll get like a free psychiatrist, right? And I was like, I was literally thinking about that on the way to school today. Like, if I just do something really crazy, like the courts will say I have to go to therapy (laughs) (laughs) and then free therapy. So is it free, though? Someone's got to pay for it. Oh, yeah, I'm not paying for it. Somebody, the taxpayers are going to pay for it. Yeah, you taxpayers pay for my therapy. (laughs) (laughs) I'll commit a crime. You pay for my therapy. That, that's uh, Randy's random thought of the day. Um, Randy's random thought of the day. Wow, that was interesting. <laughs> this needs to be a thing. <laughs> oh, it is. It perfect, is. perfect. It needs to be, I can be in the middle of the episode. I was like, it needs to be at the beginning. No, as long as we have the sting, you mm-hmm. know, that's it's. it can be wherever it wants to be. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to move on to my thing. Um, I'm going to talk about Blade Runner 2049. Oh. Have you ever seen it? Ask me again. Have you ever seen it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I not surprised? <laughs> Bro, the chances that I've seen any movie is... But sometimes, like, I really thought with this one, because this one's, like, a big, like, action movie, and, like, I, I thought you'd like it, but... I mean, I, I'll be honest, I've always... It's, it's another one of those ones that I'm like, I want to see it. I think it's it's supposed to be great. Gorgeous. It's abs- It's great. So, here's the thing. I, I Get on my soapbox. No. <laughs> Look, get on your soap box. Box no. full of soap. Box full of soap. How many soaps you How got in that soap? box? Ah, yes! <laughs> it was what, like 15, 16 that episodes waiting? That was the waiting. first episode. Wasn't that the first episode? That was the first episode. We brought it. Okay, and that's it. That's a wrap. Okay, uh, I'm sorry, but we're never coming back. Uh, we had full this circle. Is the last episode. No, that's the last. Like, this is it. I'll catch you guys next. Never, I guess. I'll catch you guys never. <laughs> wait, don't. Wait, don't go. Don't go. Fasha. Fasha. Where are you going? How many Fasha? bits can we fit in one minute? <laughs> What was the one we came up with? Last time it was the, the monkey. Was, <laughs> monkey. <laughs> oh, God. Boo. Boo, I boo. I boo, boo. all of that. <laughs> it's so stupid. No, okay, so Blade Runner, it's uh, 2049, because there is a, a one that comes before it. Uh, the first one that came out, just original, um, just called Blade Runner, it came out in um, 1982. 
And that movie took place in 2019. Oh, so, like, shoot. For them, it was like 20, 40 years into the future. Um, we still don't have flying cars. so Yeah, and it's really upsetting because we were supposed to have them in 2013, according to Back to the Future. future yeah. <laughs> It's really upsetting. And so now in 2049, um, they still have flying cars, but they had something else that I can't remember right now. I, w- I had watched the movie over the weekend with my boyfriend, and he was like, no. You and your boyfriend always watching movies. He makes me watch movies. Wait, wow. I, I mean. I, I thought it'd be the other way around. I make him watch Disney movies because I like Disney movies. He likes action movies, and so he's always making me watch action movies. Anyway, so Blade Runner 2049 is the sequel to the original Blade Runner that came out in 1982. It was... I meant to look up the man's name on how to pronounce it. I'm sorry if I get it wrong. It's Denis Villeneuve? Hey, Siri. Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve is a French-Canadian film director, producer, and screenwriter. Would you like to hear more? No, take me to the website. Take me to the website. Sorry. Villanov is how she pronounced it, right? Uh, yeah, but who knows if Siri's right. But sure, Villanov. Villanov. What's his first name? Dennis. Sorry, Dennis. Sorry, Dennis. <laughs> We're just pissing all these people off. <laughs> I think it's my favorite bit that we do. <laughs> so we don't know how to pronounce. Because I got told off because we accidentally, apparently I called Jean-Claude Claude Van Damme Jean. Jean. And I don't remember doing that, but I'm sorry. I do not either, and I feel like I would have caught that. I don't. I'm pretty sure I said Jean. I'm pretty good with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Jean-Claude I might have called him, because I, I would never have said Jean-Claude Van Damme. Because that just sounds like, ew. Yeah, right? Like, who would name their kid Jean? Jean. Sorry to all the jeans that listen to our podcast. Your name is really pretty. I just it's wanted, real pretty. Yeah, we like jeans. Uh, like, oh, I do like jeans. I do I like I, skinny jeans. Yeah, jeans are nice. I want to say that this movie actually flopped apparently which i didn't realize because this after watching it this is a beautiful movie it's a little long it's two hours and 45 minutes long um but it's it's a beautiful movie i love the story in it and i'll, I'll get into all of the little bits and details on why it makes it sci-fi and just how incredible it is but it um had a budget or like they spent 300 million dollars on it to to make it and that was like the production and that was the marketing and the the advertising and all those things and it only made 250 million so it was 50 million underneath how much it spent so it didn't even make any profit yeah so to define a flop is is in the movie or game or media place is when you spend more money on the piece of media than you get yeah so you flopped if you did not make a profit. And so in this case, like she said, 50 million away from making even breaking even. Yeah. And so that was a, that's a pretty big flop. Yeah, but it was and I don't get it because it was I guess maybe the well cuz I I didn't watch the first one and so as I was watching it I had to ask multiple questions as to what was going on. Which also, I just feel like that's kind of like what you do in a sci-fi movie. Like, think about the first time you watch Star Wars. Like, you have a lot of questions the first time. Like, how did how did we get here? Who are these people? What are they doing? Why are, like, who's doing what? And, all, like, you want to know the history behind it. We want to know the lore. Um, and I feel like that's just how it is. But maybe because they already had uh, a movie before it, 
some of those questions should have been answered. I don't know. I don't think that's a big like mistake within it. Like I think it's fine that not all of like it's not recapping because you know that's pretty annoying to the fans who have followed who have watched the first film and then to see it like I already know all of this like get to the next part you know. I think what could have been part of flopping is you know I don't think Blade Runner was the biggest movie franchise or movie of all time and so you know while there is some merit to bringing back something old Mm -hmm. um i think that there's you know it probably just because it wasn't a huge following or a big enough following following that was still around to to want to come back and see this sequel Anyway, so I'll read the little synopsis of it. We'll get into it. I know I'm taking a lot of time on like the prep work of it. So the synopsis is Officer K, played by Ryan Gosling, discovers a long-hidden secret involving a synthetic giving birth, and his search for the lost child leads him on a quest to find the missing Rick Deckard, played by Harrison Ford. Who was the protagonist of the first movie. Of the first movie, yep. Um, and so, it, again, it's it's like a picking up of the story from the first movie. But that, when you get deeper into the film, I had a lot of questions at the beginning, like, how did we get here? What are synthetics? What are replicants? Which I will go all into. I'm not going to spoil the end of the movie, but obviously I'm going to talk about it. Um, but you do find out later in the film, like, who Rick Deckard is, like, his personality, not his personality, but his story, and how he relates to this story and everything. So that's all explained within the film um anyway so um officer k he works for the lapd in the future so this obviously takes place on earth in 2049 and by this time everything is very advanced there's like all oh, the, the cinematography in it is beautiful like the entire like city is just skyscrapers like you don't even have like houses i'm not talking like you get, there's no everything is like 50 foot like 50 floor buildings it's it's just all skyscrapers everywhere and people are flying around in flying cars it's really dark it's really rainy it's gloomy it's like this dystopian earth and so there are things that are called replicants or um synthetics and so they are humans they are beings that were created in a factory they are not like natural human beings and the thing about them and the storyline of this movie is that there have never been uh, a synthetic that has been born like naturally like through like childbirth a woman getting pregnant and they've always been created in a factory and usually when they're created in a factory they're created as adults so there's not many children running around but you can order like children if you want to raise a child like you couldn't like have a child and so you want to raise a synthetic um by this time in the movie they're already on like i want to say like their 11th version of synthetics um and so there are replicants um i'm I'm sure i'm saying that name right if i'm not i'm really sorry but i'm pretty sure they're called replicants um and those are being hunted because they're an older version and so you have to get rid of like the older versions of the synthetics and so that's what blade runners do so they work for the police department and that's what officer k the main protagonist is doing he's going around killing old replicants and obviously because they have like a subconscious not a subconscious but a conscience they're like i'm a living person like don't kill me obviously um and synthetics were created to be labor. Like, they were created as, like, slaves for mankind, but eventually they became, like, the the populace, the, like, the, yeah, the well, majority. Yeah, because I'm, I'm guessing that they don't die that easy. Uh, no, I don't. I, that's a good question that I never thought of. I don't know how they age, and I don't know if they ever die of natural causes. I think yeah. they die... Because they get outdated and then they are like hunted. Like they're never like there's never been a situation where they've been alive long enough to find out, you know? Maybe. Um, That's just a question that I don't have the answer to. Maybe it's been answered, but I personally don't know that. Um I think that that is 
interesting though like because i mean we see other pieces of media kind of reflect that too mm-hmm. like uh D- detroit become human is yeah. a very popular sort of secondary version to that or how maybe like you know what what does it mean to be a synthetic human and like where is humanity what is humanity and what is consciousness that's the exact questions that are being asked in this film like what is what does it mean to be human does it mean like you have a consciousness does it mean that you are birthed does it mean that you are born Uh, does it mean that you have emotions does it mean that you have like authentic memories that have not been implanted because like i said most of them are created as adults so all of their like childhood memories are just implanted Uh, oh shoot that's that's crazy yeah and so it's a big theme with officer k the protagonist because he has this very strong memory that he's sure that he's lived but how could he have lived a childhood if he's a synthetic is he a synthetic he is a synthetic no way well it's a big question throughout the film like you're you're questioning and i mean it's, it's not a spoiler because you're told at the very beginning that he is a synthetic but then as you go through the story there are like hints and things here that make you think wait is he really a synthetic he is i mean they told you at the beginning of the movie he was a synthetic <laughs> that's interesting though and so it's just like that that question of 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 humanity like what what does make us human mm-hmm. and there's also so he has a um a, a character that he falls in love with called joy oh and there's a lot of symbolism when it comes to that because there's a woman named joy and there's a woman named love and so um officer k i'm just gonna start calling him k um he buys this woman who is actually a hologram she's not a synthetic she's not an actual like physical being and her name's joy but she is mass produce and her purpose is to provide pleasure is to provide joy she's supposed to be like a a companion a wife a friend uh, a maid like all of these things that you buy her for and he falls in love with her and he begins seeing like all of these feelings and and she he begins to think like oh she actually has feelings for me like she's she's a person like she has a consciousness right and it brings up this again this question of like what makes a human what makes a person because she's not physical she has these emotions she has these feelings but like she's not like she's mass produced like you could go and have like 15 joys standing in front of you like does that make her a real person um and and when you get later in the film you meet this other synthetic named love and they fight and love kills joy and just think about that think love kills joy ah that's that's a that is weird that's a deep that's on like that's like that's like levels yeah deep it's crazy um but so again like a lot of these questions are being asked about like humanity what it means to exist and i just and i think that's something that's like you see a lot in like science fiction again it comes back like i was saying at the very beginning about i think it and you reveal these like secrets of like humanity yeah well i think some of the points of science fiction is to reveal you know like what because as technology advances will humanity change yeah and will what defines life change Mm -hmm. and that's a topic that needs to be like touched on i think if you're not not every science fiction movie has to touch on that but but it is something that is is heavily touched on because that's a that's a big theme of like the advancement of humans. Yeah, and I always think, I mean, I feel like a lot of, like, future, like, science fiction movies, they, it usually starts off in a bad place for humans. Like, I mean, even talking about the game that you just talked about, I mean, it's a dystopian. Like, it's, 
the humanity has fallen. And, like, I feel like that's just... It's sad to think that that's, like, the natural, like, progression of, like, what we think is going to happen to humanity. Like, we know that one day we're just going to fall into chaos and madness. But, like, will we have the capacity that we're we're showing in these video games and in these movies to come out of that madness? Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I disagree. I don't know. Like, I think that once humanity falls, I think that humanity will probably stay fallen. I think so, too. Um, That's pretty pessimistic views, but... Yeah, well, it's just... It's like this. I feel like we're just teetering on the edge, and we're hanging on by threads, and those threads are are rotten on the inside. Mm -hmm. And so once one of them breaks, then they're all going to break, and then that's going to be it. And whether it's technology that causes that or it's humans themselves... I didn't mean to get this deep. No, but I... (laughs) And that's another thing. I think that's what science fiction asks of us i think it presents these questions and it makes us think of as today like if that's what we're headed for how can we stop it now and what does it mean to be corrupt what does it mean to to do better like i think that's something that a lot of science fiction like make us ask and you can and you again like i, I keep wanting to use star wars because i've seen star wars so much but you you again have this symbolism of like light and dark and falling into darkness and being called to the light and all of these things and it again it begs those questions of like will you let like madness will you let into this chaos and this dark side or will you follow like the light will you be the not the savior but will you be like the the redeeming quality of humanity like i i think it these kinds of movies they they make us ask these questions and that's what why people find them so compelling and that's why people like them so much i mean that's why i like them not just for the future technology and like i love i love the things that people create like you could literally create anything because it's the future and like and you don't even have to explain it like lightsabers nobody explained that like how do how do you like I mean, they've explained it in, like, other pieces of media and other forms of media in Star Mm -hmm. Wars and given the pseudoscience behind it. Yeah. But it's, like, yeah, like, anything you want. Like, a a society underneath, like, like 200, 300 miles Mm -hmm. under the ocean, just at the ocean floor, uh, based on, like, the 1950s. Like, just stuff like that. Like, yeah, how how you can make whatever you want in science fiction. And, I mean, shoot... any piece of technology any any style of technology like there's 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 pieces of science fiction that are like steampunk science fiction yeah any it doesn't even have to be the typical like space like Mm -hmm. you know space cowboys space odysseys or like anything like that it can it can be whatever you want whatever you see as an interesting style of technology because science fiction is not just the future Mm -hmm. science fiction is anything that is like, fictional that is scientific in that world. Yeah, is is an, an advancement. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think it, that's why it's called science. It has to have some kind of element of science in it. It has to have some kind of advancement or some something new that can be played with. And in this film, a lot of questions that aren't answered and they don't really matter, but I'm going to ask them anyways because they annoyed me. And maybe there are answers out there. Maybe someone can tell me an answer. So there's holograms, right? And so there's a projector on the roof. They're on the projector on the ceiling so she can walk around the the building because she's a hologram. She needs a source. He buys like a little pen and now she can move anywhere. How's she moving without a projector? 
Because she doesn't, I mean, you can see her, like, when she comes about, like, you see her come, like, the light come from the projector. When he has the pen, like, she never, like, shoots out of his pocket or something. Like, she just appears. Where's the projector? That's a, that's a good question. My best idea is, I mean, does he, is it just, like, a pin, like, he holds on to it? Yeah, like, you can just put it in your pocket, like, it's just like a... Oh, well, I was gonna say it could have been something like if it's, like, through the eyes or through the mind, like, you're projected onto the eyelids. Uh, okay. Um, no, it's not like that. No, projected on glasses. No. Uh, Google Glass. Google. <laughs> nice. Things like that, and then also, like, synthetic humans, like, they're... So they're synthetic humans, okay? They're not robots. Like, they don't... They have advancements. How they have advancements... I don't understand because they don't have like metal inside of them. Their genes have just been manipulated. They still have bones. They still have organs. They still eat. They can still take showers. Yo, we still got bones. They still have bones. And that's a big thing because they find bones in the... And then you look like a freaking microscopic into like the gene of the bone and you can see a little serial number on it. Tell me there's serial bones. There's serial bones. This episode is sponsored by Cereal Bones. <laughs> cereal. Uh, the, it's a nutritious, brec- brec- bre- it's nutritious breakfast filled with calcium and all of the... Uh, eat bones. Eat bones. Got bones? Got bones. <laughs> it's like the like a bones mustache, <laughs> mustache. instead of a milk mustache. It's a bone... Mu- anyone that doesn't know, there's that... Um, I don't know if anyone doesn't know this, but it's like an advertisement for children that's like... Hey, are you drinking milk and getting calcium, even if you're lactose intolerant? Me. Um, <laughs> and it's like, got milk, and then everyone who, it's like a popular person with a milk mustache, like LeBron James with a milk yeah. mustache, or something like that. It's like, got bones, but it's just like a <laughs> like a bone up underneath their, <laughs> under their nose. That's great. That's terrible. But like, and how, how do you, how do you create something like that? Also, because they're produced... So you have to think they're commercialized. You can buy a synthetic. Also, there are humans in this film, but humans are very like like actual like natural humans are very like revered and they're very wealthy and they're like the the best like they're the the top one percent. However mm-hmm. you want to say it, they also live on other planets because by this time they've colonized other planets and so Earth is mostly full of synthetics and maybe few humans that still remain and use the synthetics for their purposes and things like that. Um, but I don't remember where I was going. Oh, they're commercialized. Why don't they all look the same? The easiest way to make a product is to make everything look the same. Well, there's also the idea of personalizing your products. That's true. So, like, maybe you can customize. I mean, it's weird to talk about it thinking about, like... Customizing a human. Yeah, customizing a human. Well, you know, they were talking about um, the ability to change the genetics of a person like a baby before it's born and predetermine what what they they would They figured out that science, I think. I think you can do that now. Um, It's... Not recommended. No, that's, I mean, personally, that's playing God. And yeah, like, I'm good. I'm okay. I'd rather leave it up to chance. Mm-hmm. Um, good old meiosis. Meiosis? Yeah. <laughs> you know meiosis? Yeah, but that was just, that pulled a, a deep memory out of my brain <laughs> of like freshman biology. Yeah, man, meiosis. They split, the cell splits is it meiosis four. or mitosis? There's both. So mitosis oh, okay. is the cell splitting in half and that's for typical like skin cells. But when it comes to like reproductive cells, they split into fourths so you can get that randomizing on. That randomizing. You, get, you can hit that random button, Hit that. get that dice roll. Okay, so the last thing I just want to say about the movie, I've kind of explained it um, and he goes, he, he, 
yeah, he's trying to find this child that's, like, been born. And it's a big deal about the child being born because if synthetics can be born, then they're human. Like, that that answers the final, like, so, piece like, of a puzzle. So, like, two synthetics came together and had a synthetic? That's what they believe. So the thing is, so he goes and searches for uh, Rick Deckard. I call him Deckhart, but that's not his name because I know it just annoys my boyfriend. It's Deckard. Um so sorry if I mispronounce it. It's Deckard. He goes and finds him. And um, it's not... He's he's Harrison Ford. He's in the first movie. It is not said whether he is a synthetic or a human. And it is still debated to this day. And they have differing opinions. The director and Harrison Ford have differing opinions at to what the character is. So yeah, so about the synthetic. So it's such a big deal about whether synthetics can have a baby. Because if they do have a baby, then what makes them different from humans? Then they're basically... You've basically created like another species. And so humans become like obsolete. Because now synthetics can do everything that a human can do. And can do it ten times better. Um, so it's a big thing whether they can have children. That's why he goes and looks for the child. Because... Some people are telling him to destroy it, and some people want him to like save it, and so. So Harrison Ford, his Deckard, Deckard is with the mother of the supposed synthetic child. So she is not there. The mother is not there. The okay. mother died during childbirth. Okay, so that's how they found out that she that there was a child because they knew they found her bones, saw that she was synthetic because they found that serial number and knew that she had given birth because of like something in her bones said that she had given birth. Yes, of course. Birth bones. But birth bones. (laughs) (laughs) Got bones. Got bones. Got birth bones. Um, So your question? So Harrison Ford is with the baby then. He's not with the baby. The baby. Where is Harrison Ford? Harrison Ford is off missing. Why is who cares? Because if he if he's found out that he had a child, they're gonna do experiments on him. So Harrison Ford was the parent of the child. Yes. Okay. That's what I was. They're gonna find out. They're gonna find him and be like, experiments on you. How did you create a baby? How did you do it? Like Mm -hmm. so. He's off in hiding. And the child was sent away into hiding. So do we know, do you ever see the child? Yes. The last thing I'll say, because I've been talking for a long time, and I know that we've pretty much talked about everything that I want to talk about with science fiction. The last thing is just the production of this film was absolutely incredible. Just look, search, like Google search um, Blade Runner uh, 2049. The pictures that you will find are absolutely breathtaking taking so everything in this film they made they did not there was they they used the green screen as little as they could um they created the flying cars they they rented out like whole like land to make like waste uh, dumps and things that because there's a battle in a wasteland and like they create like these like giant buildings and these facades of buildings and this whole casino and it's they made everything and it's beautiful. You can always tell. You can. It's it's such an especially because special effects doesn't hold up like it doesn't hold to the test of time because mm-hmm. it will always get more lifelike and more realistic until we're just creating humans to take the place of special effects. Basically. Um so yeah, but it, it's always so interesting to me to see what was practical versus what was using effects and then and then when I find out that a movie was almost entirely practical like I'm like oh do it again. <laughs> so I don't want to say anything about like whether it's it makes if with science fiction, whether if you have like an actual whole set that you're standing in where you've where you're actually like in a place. It's not just a set. I don't know how to say that. I, I know there's technical terms for it. Um, 
But I, I don't want to say which one's better because I know, again, if you use Star Wars, like everything was done on small scale because they didn't have the technology. They, they didn't have like um, the special mm-hmm. effects and things like that to create those kinds of worlds. So everything was done on a miniature scale that was like recorded in those ways. And they used other like props and different techniques to create the effects that you see in Star Wars. Um and I don't, I want, I don't want to say one's better than the other, but I think in Blade Runner twenty forty nine, I think it has a bigger effect on the actors. So the acting in this film was great. Obviously, you have Ryan Gosling and you have Harrison Ford, which are beautiful and incredibly talented actors. Um, but I feel like you can definitely tell with an actor when they are on a set and when they are actually living in an environment as they are acting because. There's there's this like immersion that they like they no longer have to imagine in their head the fourth wall like they they don't have to create the rest of the space that isn't there they are in this space and I feel like that affects their performances and just makes it more lifelike more realistic and more inviting for the audience to be like oh they're there I want to be there I I, I am there like I just think it's interesting yeah um. So those are the, yeah, those are the last things that I just want to say. Please watch the film. It's absolutely brilliant and beautiful. And the questions that it'll have you asking at the end were just, it's, it's great. All right. Well, let's hit those recommendations and get y'all doing something else with uh watching more episodes of media for the intellectually impoverished with your time (laughs) (laughs) so my recommendation is xcom it is a tactical strategy war kind of game uh where the world has been taken over by aliens and there's a small resistance force called the xcom uh who's you i think you're the xcom i don't remember all i know is that it's like a tactical sort of strategy simulator so if you ever played the fire emblem games they play this style where it's like a top down kind of like a board game-esque but instead of like you know sword battles and stuff you you use guns and you use futuristic weapons um it's really really fun one of the most difficult games in the world because it's solely based on rng which is random number generator rng is so like it's it's to say you have like a 100 percent chance of getting something right then you get it so you got like a 66 percent chance of getting something and then like it's literally down to a random number generator being like yeah cool you did it or no wow yeah based on your numbers um and so it's extremely difficult because of that because you could literally be standing right in front of someone with a shotgun in their face with an 80 like an like a 99 percent chance of getting it and still miss just because you have bad luck you're lying not lying happened to me bitch it's crazy <laughs> it's crazy it's really really fun though um, it's a very interesting stuff. You don't see a whole lot of games take the tactical sort of strategy format like this. Mm-hmm. Plays really well. It's really well fleshed out. Um, XCOM 2 is the, the, the one that I've played. Um, but yeah, really, really great science fiction game. Shoot aliens, uh, kick ass, uh, save the world. I'm going to recommend Star Wars. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> no, uh, I was... Like you just dipped into it. I'm going to recommend Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, you should definitely go watch it uh, quick. I get to... Uh recommendation star wars and okay my real one i'm gonna recommend uh interstellar <laughs> nice I, I love this movie it it's um so it's about i have the synopsis pulled up in front of me but i'm still gonna butcher it because i'm not gonna read exactly what it says but it's um it takes place in earth's um future where uh the world has been plighted with another like like drought or dust bowl kind of thing so like all of the food is in very low supply and so this man the the 
protagonist, which is Professor Brand, um, is played by Matthew McConaughey. Yes, played by Matthew McConaughey. Ooh, Matthew McConaughey. Ooh. <laughs> He is tasked with um, sending, um, taking him and his team into a wormhole to find the next planet that the human race is going to inhabit because we can no longer inhabit Earth. Um, and it plays a lot with time. I, it's not technically time travel, I guess it is, but I, I, as a person who loves time travel, and you guys have heard me talk about it before, this movie does a great job of explaining it without leaving like any plot holes or without like copping out if that makes sense yeah let's put it this way the the movie doesn't super explain it yeah but it does a good job with the idea of time travel yeah and it it bases it a lot in science it does and that's what makes it good because it actually has like some scientific research like behind it yeah it's got a lot of uses (laughs) a lot of like it's not time travel in the typical sense Mm -mm. of like oh i'm gonna travel back in time it's time travel using einstein's theory of relativity yep It's really good. I I recommend it. (laughs) Yeah, I recommend it. So thanks for joining us on this intellectual journey. We'll catch you in the next one. Bye. Media for the Intellectually Impoverished is produced by Trey Taylor Smith and Miranda Randy Zapes. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at MFTII Podcast. Or email us at mfttiipodcast at gmail.com. That's mft2ispodcast. Thanks for listening.